Welcome to the Holistic Accountant Podcast. I'm Stuart Weems. And I'm Mina Abraham. The aim of this podcast is to demonstrate how valuable tax and business advice is when we take a holistic approach. That is, all tax and business advice that your accountant gives you must be aimed at helping you achieve your business and lifestyle goals. It's not only just about saving tax. In this episode, we'd like to discuss what's involved in drafting a practical and actionable business plan. So let's start by talking why would you ever prepare a business plan? Well, typically people, um, not all, but some people prepare a a business plan when they uh, begin a business or start a business. uh, And then it sits in their drawer and they never really look at it again. Um, uh, whereas a business plan uh, allows you to step back or forces you to step back from your business, uh, get some better perspective perhaps, and then really identify the threats and opportunities. And if you don't really have a process to do that periodically, um, the, the problem is that you'll, you won't see the wood from the trees. Markets are constantly changing. If you're um, uh, buried in sort of the day-to-day grind of your business, uh, sometimes those those risks and opportunities will crop up and you know you'll be blindsided by them so we recommend uh, our clients invest one to two days in their business every sort of one to three years you don't have to do it every year and it's not something that's going to take weeks of time but really just one to two days could be your best investment ever so that you're focusing on the high value uh, opportunities that face you and mitigating some of the risks so how do you use a business plan, you might ask? So it assists you in focusing your efforts in the highest return activities. To grow your business, you need to set out your key performance indicators for profitability and sustainability. You are the driver of your own business, not just a passenger. A business plan allows you to communicate to your team and prospective team members the path that you will be going on or the trajectory that you want your business to go on. You get to sell the vision to them and get the right people in place for your business. Also, if you're seeking borrowings from a bank to fund working capital growth, they will request a copy of your business plan and will strongly consider it before may, before lending out any funds. Finally, a business plan assists you in prospective equity investors to gauge what they're investing in and where they see your business going in the future. Okay, Mina, let's talk about what we should include in a business plan. And there's look, there's lots of templates online. Um, some of them are pretty boring and so forth. But what we wanted to do is talk about, we think there's six uh, sort of matters or topics that would be good to focus on. Uh, you, again, you don't need to write pages and pages uh, or do um, hours and hours of research on all of these things. But as long as you kind of hit on or think about these six matters, I think it makes a, a good business plan. Uh So I'll talk about the first three, uh, and after boring you to death uh, doing that, then I'll hand over to Mina and he can talk about the other three. So the first one uh, we think you should be focusing on, what what makes you different as a business? So so what makes your product different or what makes your service different? So it's really your unique selling proposition or USP, if you like. And a big part of that is getting really clear on who is your target market. You know... um, Uh, Someone that I follow, Seth Godin, talks about as soon as you want everyone, you want no one. So, you know, it's great to say, look, I want to service Australia, if you like, Um, but it's so wide that any marketing I then do or any sort of product design that I do uh, is going to be um, uh, pretty basic. You know, it's, it's not really going to appeal to any one particular sector. 
So there could be lots of things that make you um, uh, different and appeal to a particular le- uh, niche. Uh, you, know, you could be have the largest range, the highest quality, have some sort of e- exclusive um, product or brand or functionality. Uh, whatever it is, you need to really get really super clear on what makes you different uh, and then really focus on everything that you do, marketing, training, processes, uh, staffing, etc., all focused on hitting or, or um, hitting home that uniqueness to make sure that you really stand out from the crowd. Uh, and if that gets you some pricing power, as we discussed in episode five, uh, then obviously that's going to have some positive impacts on profitability. Uh, the next uh, topic that you need to sort of uh, talk about or think about is uh, really understanding the industry and landscape Uh, and what potential changes might occur in the future, and then complete a SWOT analysis, a strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats analysis. And in this, uh, for this part, typically what I find best is to go out and talk to people in your industry. You know, leaders, people that are running uh, what you think are, are really good businesses, quite often they're talking to different people as well and they can kind of summarize what they, where they think that the industry is going and what some of the, the hurdles might be uh, in the future. Uh, and technology, you know, technology has impacted, you know, or has impacted almost every single industry and is going to have uh, further impacts uh, moving forward. So you can't hide from it. You've then got to work out, is technology a threat and opportunity? It's probably both an opportunity for you to... Um, uh, improve the efficiency in your business and, and the way of delivering a product, but then it's going to be a threat in terms of commoditization of product and service as well. So um, that I would imagine for most people, you know, thinking about technology and how it's going to change your industry can be a, a, a big issue. So going out, talking to people, then sitting down, okay, what are my strengths, weaknesses, uh, threats and opportunities, and, and really undertake that analysis. Uh, and the third one is finance. So it's really about preparing a, a cash flow projection, if you like. Um, I think a cash flow projection is better to do than a profit and loss statement. I mean, profit and loss is good, but cash flow is going to really then uh, determine uh, whether you need funding uh, you know, and what sort of funding you might need over the next period of time. Uh, but also you can produce a, a profit and loss and even a, a, a projected balance sheet if you really want. Um, but essentially what you want to do is ascertain profitability on a, on a product level uh, and then ascertain what your cash flow looks like. And remember we talked about this back in episode four. We talked about how uh, strategies to enhance your business's cash flow. So always good to maybe... Um, have a look at that and and how you can sort of uh, self-fund growth. So that's enough for for me, Mina. Uh, Maybe you can talk about the next three things. Yeah, sure. So your your business plan should really address your plans for your business growth and customer acquisition. You need to ask yourself, how are you going to grow the business? Are you going to acquire a new business? And what is the cost to acquire new customers or sales? So this really involves formulating a marketing plan. The key here is to focus on profitable growth. If you don't have a plan on how to grow and know how much it costs, then you really risk increasing sales with possibly a lot less profit. It can cause more harm than good just to focus on the top line sales and nothing below the the red line. It's also critical to predict your resource planning, i.e. your staff. Don't start looking for key staff when you need them. Instead, proactively network to find good talent. I strongly recommend you build a a relationship with a reputable recruitment firm. 
And you may want to consider other resource planning measures such as technology investments or plants and equipment. Finally, another item we often discuss here with small business owners is making themselves obsolete. One of the challenges in a small business is the busier the business gets, the busier you get. If your goal is to build a business, then we highly recommend reading E-Myth by Michael Gerber. E-Myth stands for Entrepreneurial Myth. The myth is that most entrepreneurs have a job, not a business. He suggests that there are three stages. The technician, where you're doing all the work, or you're a manager, managing the people responsible for doing all the work, and finally an entrepreneur, a non-working business owner. We suggest you document an organizational chart and write who is responsible for what function, for example, finance, marketing, human resources, etc. And it's probably going to be a you for a lot of those roles. But the idea is to develop a plan to become the manager and then the entrepreneur. So, for example, you know, if you're starting out a business, you'll be dealing with the, you know, customer queries or, or sales requests and so forth. And then eventually you'll get someone to step in, take over that role, and then you'll manage that person. And then finally, you'll probably get another person to manage those individual staff that are managing all those customer queries. And then you just manage the managers. That's it, Mina. So they're the six things we like to see in a business plan. Let's talk about, there's just a couple other things that we want to talk about that sort of adds to it, I guess, observations, if you like, or, or tips. Um, the first one is that uh, I certainly believe personally, and I know Mina agrees, that um, there's only two speeds for a business. You're either growing or dying that there's nothing really in between. So, um, which means um, running a business can be kind of tiring because you've got to kind of reinvent yourself or uh, make sure you're really on top of the the service or product that you're delivering to the marketplace. And as soon as you sort of take your foot off the pedal, there's no such thing as just standing still. I'll just maintain the current level of business that I've got because the market continues to change. The market continues to evolve. So you either need to keep up with that uh, and even maybe uh, sort of make some quantum leaps and start thinking about what your market looks like in five or 10 years time. Uh, But if you don't do that, well, I'd argue that your business is slowly dying. So you need to innovate. And one of the, the best uh, ideas I've read from Jim Collins's book, Good to Great, which is a, which is a fantastic book, by the way, so if you're in business, um, absolutely should read that, uh, is he talks about a concept of firing bullets and then firing cannonballs. Uh, so if you're um, contemplating a different, uh, offering a different product, offering a different price point, offering a different service, some sort of innovation in your business to uh, attack or deal with or mitigate a, not a risk or opportunity in the future, um, instead of making massive bets and going in that direction, just test it out first. Fire bullets. Um, see if it's going to work and get some empirical evidence of whether it's going to work, whether it creates operational issues, uh, whether it cannibalizes other revenue, you know, whatever it might be or whether in fact it works fantastically well. Uh, And then once you, you, and you might fire a number of different bullets, so you might uh, do a little bit of testing in different directions. And and when you find the the strategy, the the, um, innovation that's going to work, uh, the one that delivers the most bang for its buck, if you like, that's when you fire a cannonball. And that's when you you reorientate your business specifically and holistically in that direction. So if you're thinking if part of this um, uh, planning process, uh, is if part of it is sort of responding to a risk or opportunity, that's one of the best ways to do it. As I said, read Jim Collins's book, Good to Great. It's a fantastic book. 
and work hard and delay hiring. It's uh, Stuart and I always say how amazing it is that you know you become so efficient. You know the days or weeks leading prior to a long holiday, you just get a lot done. A large workload provides a great motivation to to systemize and automate processes in your business. Throwing more staff at it may solve the problem, but it typically at the cost of profitability. So work hard and more importantly, work smart. Don't be afraid to hire though, but delay as much as possible. Exploit every possible bit of efficacy first. Another tip is, you know, if you're if you are dissatisfied with the results of your business and want to know what's not working, because if it's not growing or if it's not driving the profitability you're looking for, then you've got to identify what's wrong, uh, and that can be difficult to do. I mean, you've got to face the brutal truth. You know, you've got to be brave enough to realise that maybe something's wrong, that you're you know you're not doing a good job or your product's just not good enough for the market. Um, but a really good uh, methodology, if you like, that that uh, uh, I've witnessed is a guy called Marcus Lemonis. He's a US entrepreneur and he actually has a, a show on CNBC called The Profit. So if you ever see it, it's it's really worthwhile. Uh, anyway, he invests in lots of different small businesses. He's, his net worth is about 100 billion US, so he's doing okay. And um, the show's about him buying into failing businesses. So he doesn't buy the full business, but he might buy a share, 40 50% or something like that. Uh, and then he works hard to sort of turn them around. Uh, but when he when he looks at a failing business, there's three things that he looks at. And uh, really, the, the, it's failing in either one or all of those three things. And it's people, process, and product. So obviously, people is really about who are the people in the business? Do they just not have good staff? Do they not have high standards? Are they not setting high standards? Uh, the second one is process. Um, you know, what, what are their their back office processes? You know, if it's manufacturing, is their process broken? Systemization, all those sorts of things. And, and Mina spoke about Emith and Michael Gerber's book Emith. It's a perfect example of process. And then finally, product. You know, is you be, be realistic? Is your product good enough? You know, is it always breaking down? Is it not high enough quality? Uh, you know, if it's a service, is the service really shoddy? Do you get some poor feedback and uh, complaints and so forth? But if you really want to know uh, why your business isn't performing as you want it to, it's either going to be people. Uh, process or, or product. Um, and with the people one, just as a, a thing, uh, a comment or observation, uh, sharing some of my own experiences, uh, sometimes you can have some really good people in your business. And when I say good people, you know, they're kind, friendly, genuine, caring, they're trying hard. Um, uh, th- those people can exist, but if they're not in the right role, uh, and maybe that you don't have the right role for that person in your business, uh, then you've got to make friends with that. Um, and maybe it's about moving them on and, and helping them find a role that they can thrive in. Um, so people can be a really uh, important aspect. And Vern Harnish, a US entrepreneur and trainer, has written a book called Scaling Up, which we re- really recommend. Anyway, he's got lots of tools, including a one-page ba- one business plan, where he breaks it his focus into three areas, people, strategy, execution, and cash. I'd strongly recommend having a read of it and um, using his template just as a, as a guide to what you should really be focusing on in your business plan. 
So business planning really helps us focus on really making our business work hard for us, not the other way around. Ultimately, uh, it's great to have a successful business, but if it's controlling your life, if you're working 80 hours a week, um, there's going to be some payoffs uh, for that. You know, people lose marriages, uh, bad relationship with kids, um, no personal satisfaction, all those sorts of things can occur. And that's one of the benefits of business planning is it allows you to sort of put your pen down walk away from your desk and really take that holistic view. Um, what? How is my business going? Uh, what do I need to, to improve it? So that I get some some um, better sort of balance in, in my work life. Uh, and then also, you know, focusing on the profitability and pricing as we spoke in the previous episode and really optimizing uh, that as well. So really the best way to avoid the risk of working away in your business and, and it Um, ruining your personal life and not necessarily adding a lot financially is have a plan, um, which is obviously the business plan. Um, Be really uh, disciplined to stick to a plan Uh, because sometimes if we need to change the way that we're running our business, often we need to create new habits and and creating new habits can be, you know, can be challenging for humans, of course. Value your time. You know, no one's going to value your time if you don't value your own time. Uh, Otherwise, it'll just get sucked out in, um, in different direction. And finally, know when to call it quits. You know, if you're in a business that's got a commoditized product, you're a price taker, um, and you're not making a lot of revenue and, and, and it's got some threats from technology in the future, for example, well, maybe it's time to sort of call it quits and move on. So I hope that's been useful. Business plans are an incredibly important thing to do. The next episode, episode seven, in fact, the the second last episode in this series, we're going to talk about what you need to do to maximize the saleable value of your business. Uh, I think that's a a really important thing to think about. Even if you have no plans to sell the business, you just never know what's around the corner. And a lot of these things uh, ultimately enhance profitability and, and reduce the reliance on you as well. So thanks very much for listening. This is the sixth episode in the series. Uh, If you like the podcast, please leave a review and rating wherever you listen. Uh, And also share with friends, family and colleagues that might also get some value from listening. If there's enough interest in the first series, it will encourage us to record more. Thanks a lot, Mina. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks, guys. Bye for now.